when this all started for me. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, Steve and I were very perplexed. Why, why would this guy plead guilty to something he didn't do? But why was yeah. he not charged with something he did do? <laughs> so it was right. sort of, it was wrong on both sides. So uh, that, that's how I kind of got into it. Um, no, I mean, you know, it's obviously disappointing what happened in, in, in DC. If, you know, I guess my overall takeaway is that, um, you know, we can talk back and forth about what Durham did wrong. And, you know, he made a lot of mistakes and we can do a lot of yeah. um, kind of Monday morning quarterbacking on that. And some of it was, you know, uh, pointed out in real time. But I think the bottom line is we all heard the juror come out on the day, like right after uh, yeah. telling the media that um, he, the guy shouldn't have been charged because lying to the F we have bigger problems than lying to the FBI. That's what the juror yeah. said. So that's what's right. called jury nullification. That's when the jury is not going to convict no matter what. They're just not going to yeah. do it. And, and so as much as, you know, uh, Durham does deserve criticism for a, bunder, a, a, a bunch of kind of tactical blunders, um, the, you know, what, it, it didn't matter what he did. There was going to be right. no conviction of anyone, you know, from Camp Clinton. That just wasn't going to happen. Well, this is interesting. I, I already see it. I, I don't know if it's a uh, debate. But I already see two different sides shaping up because you're saying that um, you're saying that in spite of the fact he made, uh, you know, he, he, he made mistakes, there was no way there was going to be a conviction in the D.C. jury. And I agree with that. And Fool was suggesting, I believe, unless I got it wrong, that um, that maybe this case shouldn't have been brought. Fool, is that what you were saying or what, what, what were you oh, getting no, at? There? Not, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. He definitely lied. He definitely lied. Yeah. That's in his text message. But yeah. the actual lie, when you're trying to convict somebody saying this September 19th that he made this lie to James Baker, the one witness to this crime, is James Baker a credible witness? Do you have reasonable doubt that yeah. he made that lie to James Baker? I don't know if I could, like, I'm not in the jury. I shouldn't ever be in the jury. But, like, if you're saying, like, is James Baker a credible witness? There's no other witnesses to this lie. Hmm. He says, like, um, Oh yeah, he's the only person that that. Oh yeah, he definitely lied to me, Sussman. And then then later we find out after Durham has already basically put James Baker on the the grand jury, and James Baker says this. Later they find the text message that he says that Sussman says right. that he wasn't representing any client. That's when reasonable doubt starts setting in. It's like hmm. was the so like during the trial once they started saying that the crime happened on September nineteenth. That's when yeah. reasonable doubt starts saying. There's no doubt that Sussman lied. No doubt that yeah. Sussman lied. But once it said September 19th, that's when reasonable doubt starts kicking in. It's like, how can you say that James Baker is the is the mm. arbiter of truth? And right. That's when you have to say that, I don't, I mean, if I was on that jury, I'd be like, why would I believe this one FBI general counsel mm. who's probably biased at the same time? So that's what I'm saying. Definitely the- Interesting. Def, definitely the, the crime <coughs> happened. But unfortunately, right. Durham didn't get that text message early, or he would have had an astounding case and would have made it right. easily. Well, well, actually, going back to what Hans was saying, I think the jury probably would have found him not guilty right. anyways because of the of the, the bias and what Hans was saying that, right. that, that the FBI has and the, the Justice Department has something better to look at. So definitely I'm not saying that he didn't yeah. lie. He definitely committed a crime, but I'm not sure which day he committed the crime on. Oh, very interesting. Look, let, uh, Hans, let me ask you. I mean, this is something I've been thinking about. I mean, I, I hate to do this, and I'm sure no one is going to like it, but or, or few people will like it. But let me see if I can give a D.C. jury some credit. Um, I mean, again, these are many of them, as, as we know, 
Clinton Clinton donors. There was the woman whose daughter is on the same crew team as Michael Sussman's daughter. So it was clearly a biased jury. But also, they're they're Washington. Many of them presumably are Washington insiders. And I'm wondering if the story that Durham told was facially implausible to them. That if they, for instance, that they knew there was no way that that's how a bureaucracy operates. That absolutely. Michael Sussman was working with these FBI guys, and this whole uh, case seems like a little bit of a put up. So is that possible as well? Or do you just think that the D.C. jury was going to uh, was going to let him go no matter what because of their uh, pro-democratic party bias? Uh, Yeah, I, I think no matter what. And to be fair, that's not what I thought two or three weeks ago. Um, I guess I still held on, you know, for some reason to this belief that, um, you know, you could find 12 fair-minded people or perhaps that at least a few of those people would be fair-minded enough to get to a hung jury uh, point. But um, no, I mean, given what we saw, given how quickly the verdict came down, given what the the one juror said afterwards, uh, Durham could have done anything. He could have done everything perfectly. He could have had additional evidence. He could have had whatever. There's just no way these people were going to convict. And that, of course, then, you know, brings up a much bigger problem in terms of, Mm -hmm. well, all the crimes take place in all the government related crimes take place in DC, but you're Mm -hmm. now in a situation where only half the, well, where half the people get a free pass for life. And the other half, you know, look at what happened with Peter Navarro the other day, you know, getting arrested and so on. Um, is he going to get the same kind of treatment from the jury? Of course not. It's going to be the exact opposite. So right. in terms of um, Durham's narrative, I mean, I still think it was a, that was, that was a, a strategic blunder. I mean, I mean, that was the overarching trial strategy to somehow paint the FBI as sort of above board. And um, I think that was, that was just a mistake. Even if he had, even if he had lost anyway, let's just assume he's, he was just going to lose anyway. Right. In terms of, how this comes across not only to, to people like us, but also in terms of future cases, in terms of mm. how the whole of Russia Gate is presented. After all, this is the guy who I'm not sure he knows more than anyone else, but he certainly got more documents than anyone else in, in the whole right. world on this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, If this guy comes out on day one and says, oh, you know, our FBI and they were mm. duped. Okay, he didn't use the word duped, but that was sort of the overall um, trial strategy, the trial narrative. Right. Oh no, I think that was the case. Didn't the wasn't the opening statement something like, "Yeah, I don't know about your feelings about Trump or Clinton or whatever, but we can all agree it's bad to lie to the FBI to, to lie to our FBI." Right. No, I no, that, that, that I, is exactly I think what the phrase was. Our, our FBI. I'm like, oh boy, right. That is exactly what they said. Now, I, I, I use the word duped. I don't think that they, they use the word duped, but you know, in, yeah. in essence, that's what they were saying. And I think that was a huge blunder, not only for the case, and as I said, they probably would have lost it anyway, but just in terms of um, confidence that we have in what Durham is doing. Now, Barr tried to clean it up when he went on Fox News, I think the following day after the verdict. <laughs> but he, he did a very poor job of cleaning it up, which was very... Uh, unusual for Barr because he's usually very, very good with with these kinds of you know building arguments and so on. Um, he said that uh, the the trial strategy was that the FBI he treated the FBI as neutral. I I don't agree with that, but even mm. if that's what that's what Barr said, okay. So even yeah. if we take that to be um, to be Barr's opinion, well, it's not true because the FBI was not neutral. It was 
So if, let's say they were not duped or, you know, you're not going to make that argument. Let's say you're not, let's no. say you're going to make the argument that let's just say they're neutral. Well, they weren't. They, right. they, were, they were going after Trump. And some of the evidence, I mean, not some, I mean, most of the evidence that came out of the trial, I mean, this is, this is the really interesting part, showed how absolutely blatantly they were going after Trump. The FBI was. Yeah. So just from, I mean, that's, we can talk about that obviously in a moment because that's yeah. kind of takeaway. But just from a, a lawyerly point of view, you cannot go into a trial either saying that the FBI was duped or as Barr now claims that the mm-hmm. FBI was neutral because it was, it was neither. Right. They, they were a hundred percent trying to get Hillary elected. So what you do is you have to get ahead of the story. So on day one, you're Durham, you go up there and say, look, we have a case here of both sides are bad. Both sides did terrible mm-hmm. things. Both sides colluded right. with each other, but you're going to have to look at only the one side. We're going to have to deal with the other side in another trial at another date. But now we're looking at Sussman. So that would have been the way to frame it. But that all said, again, I, I think with this jury, <laughs> Durham would have lost no matter what he did. Right. Um, Fool, do you agree with that, that that was a strategic error? Um, well, I think I think to actually make the case, you have to say that the, that the FBI's make the case is the FBI is neutral or, or is there... The case is done but uh um, right. like going back to where you're asking if like if the case should have been brought a hundred percent because yeah. once like sussman lied or i mean sussman actually told the truth to hipsy and then they came back and and they saw they probably Durham was probably researching and saw like uh pre-stap and and um and uh trisha anderson's notes and they saw that there was no client so they immediately had to say why is there a discrepancy here why did why is there this lie here and eventually we figured out, obviously, he was hiding this entire client clientele, which right. we find out the whole Joppy side and stuff and stuff like that. But I mean, to actually present a case, you have to say, I mean, you have to say that the FBI is at least neutral to even make a case or it's over. Right. You know, so I imagine I am. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm but sorry, I what agree, were you saying? But, but yeah. Lee, I agree with Hans that it wasn't neutral. Yeah. There's no way it was neutral. They, mm-hmm. they, they're out right. to get them. They, they hid the entire the entire uh i mean you look at the the ec for for this case for the alpha case and it says the justice department brought uh information from anonymous reporter to to start it it was an absolute joke from the seventh floor but i agree with hans on that part that that the fbi was completely corrupt in the situation and the jury might have saw that but it they but obviously a dc jury so this gave them a lot of outs to say that he was not guilty there are so many outs they could take for reasonable doubt wise that that's why hmm. they could do that i i imagine that durham and his team i mean they're all bureaucrats and they're doj i imagine that that they knew there was no way that sussman and the fbi would leave evidence that he was working for clinton and that they would in fact try to hide that fact the event it ever wound in the event they ever wound up getting caught and i imagine that that's what uh pushed durham ford is like you know i bet there's documentation on this let's look for it but then of course part of the documentation they didn't they didn't get until much later until they got it from baker's cell phone is baker uh, is baker potentially in any trouble guys what do you think i mean and 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 forthcoming uh perhaps forthcoming indictments or trials what do you think uh no and he wouldn't have testified uh he wouldn't have agreed to be a witness if there was any chance of that um yeah of course baker you know played played dumb 
So right. he talked to Durham and, you know, yeah, you know, he came and whatever. And I guess he had to admit that uh, Sussman tried to, you know, lie about the, uh, his connections. Um, which, by the way, I think this is really important to note that even if they all knew what the real deal was and even if everyone mm. in D.C. knew that Sussman is a Hillary lawyer, yeah. it's still a lie, <laughs> you know, legally. Right. That yeah, yeah, no, right. Um, right. I don't think that... Um, Durham's team made that clear enough either. Reality-wise, whatever had happened, it was definitely a lie. Yeah, right. Um, Tenchenko is in Virginia now, Eastern District. Yeah, that's all going to be a lot easier for Durham. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, everything is in reverse with Tenchenko. So first of all, he's got him in Virginia, not Mm -hmm. in D.C. And that's where he charged him. So he's going to have a very different jury. Right. Uh, second of all, he charged him with a bunch of lies, not just the one. So right. every time you charge someone with a bunch of lies, you you kind of give the jury a choice of, well, we'll give him some, we, we won't give him some others. You know, you sort of, right. I think he'll be found guilty at all. But, you know, at mm-hmm. least you, you have that. If Sussman had been charged with 10 different lies, you know, you, you might have had a chance that some of them would have come back as guilty. Um and then a third of, uh, thirdly, he's, uh, he's a Russian guy. He's not a DC lawyer. He's not a... Yeah. Light or whatever. Right. No, no, it is kind of funny the way that the Democrats have whooped up for the last five, six years all this anti-Russia uh, animus, and now here's a Russian guy showing up in front of a in front of a in front of a jury, and I'm sure there will be Democrats on there, but even the Republicans on there, yeah, he's going to have a harder go of it. I'm, you know, he's, he's uh, I think he's going to cut a deal. Um, I, I, I almost, I can't imagine he, he doesn't. It's just, uh, he, he cannot win. I mean, there's just pretty much no way he can win. Uh, oh, and his, uh, re- uh, what he said was recorded. That's the fourth difference. There's probably a few more right. differences. Just off the top of my head, these are the kind of four big differences. So as Fool said earlier with Sussman, we didn't have the recording. We did, however, have the text message. And this is where we can come back to Baker. So no, Baker's not going to be charged with anything. But Baker was very uh, sneaky. So he mm-hmm. sort of, uh, in piecemeal, admitted to Durham that, you know, there was something going on there but then he withheld the proof which was the text message yeah and then he only coughed up the text message in march of this year like shortly before trial like oh by the way there's also this and this happens to be absolute proof that sussman lied and then the judge said no no you can't admit that um so the jury never got to you know never never got to judge him on the september 18th text message where he clearly says, in as many words, I'm coming as a good Samaritan. I'm not coming on behalf right. of any client. So, um, you know, the, the judge helped him out there. Uh, but, of course, uh, Baker is the one who helped uh, Sussman out the most because he, he made sure right. that it was past the statute of limitations when he finally coughed up the text message so it couldn't be charged anymore. So why can't Durham turn on him and say, you withheld? this significant piece of evidence, I, we lost the case, you're no longer protected. Now I'm coming after you. Because he'll say what all these FBI people say, which is, oh, we got duped or we were, we, mm-hmm. we, we, we're just bad at this. We're just bad at this. We forgot, you know, we, yeah, um, right. Uh, you right. Know, we're not crooked. We're incompetent. What, what, what are you going to do? As you says, you yourself put it so elegantly, it's our FBI. What are you going to do? You're going to put all of us in jail. We're just well, I, think, I think it's like even 
easier. I think like that eventually when 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 Durham showed the notes of Priestap and and uh, Trista Anderson to James Baker, he immediately said, "Oh yeah, now I remember that that Sussman came and lied to me. They put him a grand jury. He said that, and they didn't look any further. They like, I mean, imagine this lawyer put a, hmm. a lie in writing. Yeah, I mean." Like I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to actually like defend Durham. Like it's stupid. They should have like looked into every single text he had on that day. Like that's dumb. Right. Should have been like Baker, come and bring us all the texts surrounding this area. Yeah. But once, like, I mean, I envisioned it happening once. Once they said like, what happened here? And Baker went and said, oh yeah, now I remember my memory's refreshed. Oh yeah. yeah. Sussman told me once he got in there that that uh, he told me I'm not representing any client here, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, go right. say it to the grand jury. They did it, and, and then they didn't look any further. And then when this text right. popped out, he, he shoved it in the face, and they're like, oh, that immediately when that happened, like I was thinking like that, oh, this could – like that text on itself, mm-hmm. if he wouldn't have gone to the FBI, that's not a material lie, but he did. But once, like I heard on the case, they're like, it has to be on September 19th that he told James Baker – that mm. I lied, and I was like, "This case is over. He, you can't." You wow. Can't okay. That's, that's wow. In my eyes, once once I heard that, I'm like, "So they're just it's all up to James Baker's word." I don't think this. Yeah. Do it. Which which goes to the the lack of aggressiveness on Durham's part. That's probably hmm. the biggest criticism. Um, I I have a feeling he has, he approached this as a sort of in the with the old paradigm in mind, like you know essentially we're all good people and we disagree about a few things and there's a few bad apples and we're just kind of going to churn along and figure things out. And right. of course, in the meantime, uh, things are very, very different on the ground and you just have to be extremely aggressive. I mean, just if, if Durham had just done 10% of what Mueller did mm. and his crew did, uh, he'd have, he'd be a lot further and he would have found out a lot right. more. What, what would Mueller have done? He would have kind of uh, sent someone over to Sussman like a year right. or two ago and said, Hey Sussman, uh, we're looking into uh, what you told Baker. Just, yeah. just wanted to ask you about that. And Sussman goes, oh, whatever. And then you start monitoring Sussman. <laughs> you monitor his conversations, right. his emails, his everything. And you're very quickly going to – that's what they did to Papadopoulos on the Mueller side, right? Um, right. Very, and not that Papadopoulos did anything bad or whatever, but, you know, you just – then they built up all this innuendo about what he did. And he, he, he threw away his phone and he did all these kinds of things because they were, they were observing him after they kind of flagged it up with him. So that's kind of aggressive uh, uh, tactics. And of course, Durham hasn't done anything like that. And it's not that I'm speculating that he hasn't done anything like that. He just hasn't. I mean, he didn't even subpoena all these fusion documents. There's like 1,600 emails that fusion claims are privileged. Mm. Of course, they're not privileged. Fusion is not a lawyer. They just said privilege. And even this judge, this Obama judge agreed that most of these emails are not privileged. They just kind of, you know, it just it's fake privilege for the sake of, of trying to hide this stuff. And um, well, Durham didn't didn't sue for that. He didn't try and get those documents. Yeah. And then he tried right before the trial. And then the judge told him, well, it's too late because uh, it would be unfair on Sussman if we release all that stuff now. So what, what do you call that? I mean, yeah, it's an error. It's yeah. it's a blunder. But I think it's also because of lack of aggressiveness. He just didn't. I don't think he understands the the sort of that again. As I as I said at the outset, the the paradigm has shifted. Things are different now. You got to fight fire with fire, and, and he's just not doing that. Well, look. I mean, what what if anything has Durham 
learned from this trial and what have we learned about Durham? There's lots of people out there. I'm sure there's lots of people listening to us right now who are saying you guys are pretending that John Durham is really looking to uh, really looking to convict these people. They're not. He's there. He's part. He's he's a fixer like Barr was a fixer, like Horowitz is a fixer. Durham's just another fixer. And, you know, I mean, there's a case to be made. So what do we think now? Hans, you're describing something that looks <laughs> that looks might be bigger than a, than an error. We all know that fusion is in the center of this. So why didn't he go for these documents earlier? Is it a lack of aggression or as you know, or is he a fixer? Ultimately, this is this is for both, you know, a question for both of you guys. What have we learned? What has Durham learned during the trial? And what have we learned about Durham? Um, you know, we can't read his mind. Um, I mean, everything I just said about that, which uh, it goes to the, the fact that he did blunder. And I think it is a genuine blunder and lack of aggressiveness because of just an old mindset. Not he's, you know, he's not in the hasn't arrived in this sort of Obama lawfare kind of world yet. That that to me is the is the takeaway here. I don't think it was kind of done on purpose as kind of the fixer, um, because I mean, number one, it's extremely embarrassing what just happened to to like a, a lifelong prosecutor of that stature, like Durham, to bring a bread and butter. 1001 lying to the FBI case and losing within two hours with the jury is, is yeah. extremely embarrassing. So, I mean, just for that reason alone, and of course, you know, uh, longstanding integrity, all these other things, I, I don't think he's a fixer. I just think he, mm-hmm. he messed it up because he, look, he spent the first year chasing uh, uh, shadows or, you know, on a wild goose chase with all this Papadopoulos crap. Uh, when he went to Italy and chased us Mifsud and all this stuff, um, when you know, well, I mean, that, that's that's what's been re- that's what's been reported, and I think one one thing we've all learned over the last five years is maybe that happened and maybe it didn't the way it was reported well, in Barr, the Times and the rest of the press. That's true, but Barr in his book admits the, to the fact that uh, he wasted a whole bunch of uh, something like a year on on these issues. Um, so again, I'm not saying that's you know bad or whatever, and it's certainly not done on purpose. But it just to me, all of the evidence points to Durham just kind of still living in the old paradigm, whereas uh, the Democrats, for sure, are 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 living a life of lawfare, and and that's right. not what the not that's not what the other side is doing. Yeah, fool. I I would tackle it differently. I mean, I, I would agree with Hans. Like the old paradigm, Durham is actually fair. Mm-hmm. He actually understands justice. Um, where it's that's not, that's, so, that's generous and a nice way to put it. Yeah. Um, he's fair. So, I mean, he could have gone, he could have gone and done the Roger Stone raids and whatnot, but he, mm-hmm. he, he, he could have, he could have taken bait. I mean, he took Baker's word for it or whatever. He could have gotten his phones and whatever, but he's fair. And, um, I think that's how justice has actually happened. But if you're running, if you're in D.C., that's not how it works anymore. But I feel like that's how it should work. So, right. Um, and he gave all, I guess, benefit of the doubt to um, attorney-client privilege and everything like that. Um, there needs to be more Durham prosecutors, that's for sure, than Mueller's. Or at least Weiss. Mueller was a figurehead, at least Weissman's. That's how I would right. put it. Right. You know, and, and- I, think that he, I, I think Fool is exactly right. Um, 
Durham is fair and he tries to do things the way we all learned them in law school and you know doing yeah. doing it properly. So for instance, uh, just to, as a little data point here, the judge asked Durham, like, why the hell didn't you ask for these privileged documents like you know last year? You know, what, what yeah. took you so long? And he said, I mean, it's in the documents. He and I, I, you know, I believe him. There's no reason not to believe him. He says that, oh, we were still negotiating with the other side in good faith, and we were hoping to work something out. Well, <laughs> you know, again, that's this whole lawfare issue. You cannot it, talk to Mark Elias and expect anything in, to happen in good faith. Right. That just doesn't happen in this world anymore. So, uh, no, I completely agree with with Fool. He was uh, trying to be fair, but unfortunately, yeah, yeah. that those are no longer the rules. What's your assessment? It seems like both. I mean, I know the concern um, about Judge Cooper going into the case. What's your assessment of of his job, Hans and and Fool? Uh, I think at first he he was he's a sneaky guy. <laughs> hmm. He he spent the first six months being pretty even handed. I mean. Everything was like he gave Durham a, a few wins. He gave Sussman a few wins. It was just the usual sort of thing. And then it was sort of just as we came into the trial that uh, he, a week ahead of the trial or so, uh, he, he really started to kind of put his thumb on the scale and suddenly everything went Sussman's way. And then, of course, the one we, we all heard about, I mean, there's a lot of legal technical stuff in the background, but the one we all heard about is these jurors that you already mentioned, you know, the, the mother the mother whose daughter is in the same class or in the same rowing group as, as Sussman. Yeah, same right, right, row, crew yeah. team, I guess. Um, yeah, right. And you know, so, you know, uh, he, he did. He put his thumbs on the scale and uh, expected he's an Obama judge. Uh, right. But it, I think my takeaway on that one, surprisingly in a way, is he could have been the biggest pro Trump judge in the world and it still wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Fool. What do you think? No, I agree with that. I think he did a good job up until the end. I don't know about, I mean, like, like I, I never went to law school or anything like that, but like the privilege, like if, if Laura Sego, somebody who's not a client or, or any, and, and Joffe's emailing Laura Sego and all this stuff and Sussman's not even on it. I figure that that's not attorney client privilege, but, I can't right. weigh on that because I don't have the the law chops that I that I would need probably. But it didn't look like that's attorney-client privilege to me because there's no attorney involved, and I don't see Fusion GPS preparing any type of work that's going into legal operations. So, right. Um, can we talk about Rod? What's Rodney Joffe's future? And I wanted to use that also to segue into what we found. Um, uh, apparently it was an FBI whistleblower who passed this information to representatives Gates and Jordan about the FBI workspace at Perkins Coy. But first let's talk about Rodney Jaffe because I think these, I, I, the, the FBI's explanation sounds an awful like what Jaffe was doing at New Star, right? Which was processing these requests on behalf of um, intelligence services going to providers. So yeah, what's going to happen with Rodney Jaffe? I'll go first, I guess. I, I feel yeah, like Rodney sure. Jaffe is in a lot of legal trouble. There's no way he's hmm. getting out of this. Um, he, I mean, like you, you watched the trial. Like he was, I mean, like the entire thing was obviously a conspiracy to just give this information to the FBI. And then he snuck around and he gave his information to his not handler. Um, right. Uh, What's his name? Uh, his name. It was it was whoever it was in Chicago, right? Yeah, but yeah. But anyways, what, I don't. What, I, I don't know. It was it was Heidi. 
who he passed it on no, to or someone no it was uh oh the guy in in the uh ncfta i forget his name no not hellman it's uh not Gainer, it's the other guy. But anyways, um, I mean, he was clearly running Sussman into the FBI just to get an investigation going, and then he was coming back around and throwing it to his handler and stuff like that. And then clearly he was obviously using all this inf- – I mean, he was he was telling all his companies to go and look at anything Trump-related. And, like, I put a tweet out the other day about they were even searching, like, Trump domains associated with Trump's – with Baron Trump, with Jared Kushner's daughter. It's just ridiculous. But um, even, I mean, even, I mean, that's, I mean, it's clearly illegal that this was a fraud on the FBI, which, I mean, I don't know if you, I don't even go, if you can do that because the FBI is a fraud, obviously, now, what we learned from all these texts. But, I mean, then after the election, after Trump, then he started running it through the Senate. All this, I mean, we already know that the data was, was turned down by the FBI, like, in January, and it was probably fraudulent anyways, but, Jaffe just kept on going. I have no idea why, but I mean, he was probably committing crime. I mean, he was probably defrauding Congress. You talk about Navarro obstructing Congress. Jaffe was doing it into 2017, and um, and I'm not afraid of saying that, even though he put me in whatever court filing he was doing. Like he was clearly yeah. using his power to collect all this data that he had and all these shell companies of packet forensics and Bitcoin and all this other stuff. And his understudy at Bitcoin, Jared Novick, was saying, like, this is clearly political. So, I mean, I think he has con- some contractual issues to look look into. But he was clearly hmm. – it's obvious he was he was sending Sussman to do this. And then it's like steel again. There are circular reporting and, and – Right. It's, a, it's amazing how they replicated – it's a, how they replicated the same sort of thing, right? I mean, Rodney Jaffe is the – is, is in many ways the steel of the Alpha Bank uh, branch of the Russiagate operation. Oh, he absolutely is. Um, so I think Joffe is a good. Oh, 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 Hans, just one second. I, I've, I've got a message here that some that's hard for some people to hear. Fool, can you hear him? Okay, I can hear him fine. I just want to make sure that that we can all that we can all hear. Fool, because then maybe it's whoever is listening and can't hear him. Maybe they need to turn up the volume. Hans, can you hear Fool? Okay, too. No, he's a bit muffled. He should probably turn up the volume. Okay, thanks. Yep. Okay. Now other people are saying. I'm not even fool. sure how to do that. I don't think I can do anything about it. Uh, uh, can you turn up the volume on your phone? No, I don't. I don't think I have like a microphone volume. Jan is uh, our friend. Jan is saying you have to yell now. Um, but let's let Hans. Let uh, let's go back to Hans, and then when you come back again, I'm gonna we're gonna ask you to scream. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joffe, well, Joffe is the litmus test. If Joffe is in charge, then we know that Durham is 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 fake, is a fixer, whatever you want to call it, because a hundred percent. Because of what Joffe did is is so much, maybe not worse, but certainly so much more obvious in terms of being chargeable than what anyone else did. Um, but he did those things last year, which was the five year uh, time limit. Durham had all the information, everything I'm going to say now, Durham, Durham knew a year ago, so he didn't charge him. So right. he, let, he let the time limit, uh, statute of limitations lapse. So why did he do that? So again, that's why it's the litmus test as to whether he's going to charge Joffe with something far more serious or whether he's just going to make it all go away. So the two things he could have charged Joffe with very, very easily is lying to the FBI and, and concealing things from the FBI 
in respect right. of what Full was just talking about. So what uh, Joffe did is, it, it, I mean, it's really, really, really bad. After um, Sussman went into Baker and said, oh, you know, I'm just here on my own and here's the stuff. Uh, Joffe went into another FBI guy a couple of weeks later, a guy called Tom Grasso. And, ah, right. Okay. And gave Grasso the same stuff. Yeah. But pretended he was just like a just from a different stream, had nothing to do with Clinton, nothing to do with Sussman, nothing to do with anything. You know, just like, oh, by the way, I found this here. And he also misled yeah. Grasso and the FBI. So that's the first lie that that he he concealed his connections to Clinton. And then the second lie is that he uh, he he misrepresented where he got the stuff from. Uh, it's not. It's a bit vague still where exactly he got it from or what he said where he got it from. I mean, initially it was reported that he got it from a reporter, um, but it may have just been that someone reported it to him. But in any case, he didn't say that, hey, I got this from my own tech guys whom I asked to right. get it for me. You know, he, right. he made it look as if this was just sort of given to him. And uh, the, the, I mean, it's just so blatant what he did there. That And by the way, lying to the FBI under this 1001 uh, law mm-hmm. that we keep hearing about, lying incorporates concealing, same thing. So if you, mm-hmm. you conceal something of, of importance uh, that is materially re- relevant, that's exactly the same as if you, if, you, if you say something actively, that's a lie. So legally, yeah. that makes no difference. So anyway, he did those things, and that's incontrovertible, and he wasn't charged, and, and Durham just let it lapse. So let's see what happens. But yeah, I'd be absolutely astonished if that guy is in charge with something pretty serious. Hmm. I am astonished that, well, of course I shouldn't be, but I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that he, but that the, the FBI didn't uh, get rid of him until 2021. Is that correct? That's correct. Is my microphone better? Can I get a thumb up? Is that better? Uh, a little. Uh, I'll, has a half thumb up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hans, can you hear him a little better? No, oh, sorry. I, I'm just, I just turn up my volume, so that helps on my end. Okay, um, yeah, fool. What what were you saying now, fool? My problem is, when did they discover that Joffe was actually putting all this data into the into the FBI? I don't. I, I mean, or, or or was responsible for this alpha stuff? I don't. I don't know when they actually figured that out. Um, so yeah, he definitely should have been dished a long time ago whenever they found it, but I don't know when the heck they did. Um, but there's no way he shouldn't have been gone back then, even when Grasso, like once, once Grasso realized that, oh, he's kind of the source of this, even though he said it was an anonymous reporting, I don't know, it's so corrupt, like that, who knows? I mean, Dan was used, like, I mean, he was still... He was still used in like their their uh, the briefs to like the sissy like when priest that brief sissy and they still said he was a credible source. So I'm not surprised that they said he was right. Credible. I mean, this guy is talking to the press through when was that last New Yorker story? 2020. And remember, Steele gets canned. What is it? November 1st, 2016, because they finally figured out he's the guy who was talking to um, talking to David Corns. So they oh, you got to go. Right. Because it was too obvious. But here's Jaffe, who's who's around to 2021, even though he's the guy that's feeding everyone from Slate to The New Yorker. And I'm sure there were other pieces I'm forgetting now. I know there were two 
New Yorker pieces on the Alpha Bank nonsense. It, it's 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 in it's uh, it's not incomprehensible. It's just uh, it's just more of what we should no longer be surprised by. And yet, I have to say, I was surprised by the revelation that the FBI had a workspace workstation at Perkins Coy. Guys, d- d- does their rationalization or rather their explanation for this? Makes sense to you, Hans? Fool. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those where it sounds extraordinarily weird, but then I read that it does happen from time to time. Uh, I, I, that's one of those where we just need to find out more. That 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 I I don't want to prejudge it. Um, you know, how common is it? Uh, what was Sussman's involvement? You know, many many questions. Uh, the problem is, you know, no one follows up on these things. You know, right. it, I guess it could be innocent. I, that doesn't look like it to me, but, you know, maybe it's just we don't know enough. But, uh, you know, the media isn't doing its job and we're not we don't know. I, can't, I mean, I, I can't imagine it's innocent for this simple reason that once they found out that Perkins Coy was also representing the that was representing the DNC and they've got a, and they've and they've got a case you know, investigating the other campaign. I, I mean, the whole thing just seems preposterous. Fool? Well, well yeah. I mean, once they, well, I mean, I, I'm not surprised by it. Um, it seems a little bit ridiculous. Uh, well, I mean, very ridiculous once they figured out Sussman was, was doing all this stuff. But like, like, if you look at like all the exhibits, it's like Adrian Hawkins was emailing Sussman basically every day. So I'm not surprised that he was like an administrator of this or whatever. And they were, taking incredibly but like i mean to put one of these in in a law firm that i mean maybe it's supposed to be defensive it seems like um a little why can't you just walk across the street to go to the fbi to go to skiff honestly but i mean it's like right. you put like a skiff in like trump tower i think or whatever which makes sense because i mean he's a candidate and and whatever but to put it in a law right. firm i mean why can't i mean i mean can a defense lawyer sneak in there and see what's going on with the government like I mean, I'm, I'm not a lawyer or anything, but it seems absolutely ridiculous. Like, why? I mean, what? how lazy are these guys? Like, I mean, they can't take a tax. I mean, we know Sussman took one taxi, at least. Why can't he get a taxi? Yeah, yeah right. You know, Jay's skiff. Right. $28 for it or whatever and charge it to the to the law firm. I, I have no idea. Charge it to Hillary. Yeah. Yeah, charge it to Hillary. Right. Yeah. yeah, Hillary. Like, I mean, I feel like once I figured out that if they had a skiff in 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 Perkins Coy, it seems like it'd probably be a lie. It'd probably be a one thousand one charge to lie to Sussman. So the FBI's were probably on pins and needles with that one. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so what about the stuff that we learned during the trial about the FBI, which again should. I mean, look, because I I think the general assessment certainly the mainstream. The mainstream consensus of people who have been following the story is that, that, well, okay, he didn't get a conviction. No one really expected a conviction. It's a D.C. jury. But we learned lots of great information. I mean, how much should we be satisfied with learning lots of great, important information? Uh, Not at all. Okay. um, Agreed. This stuff, everything we found out, is, is emails and notes and things like that from 2016, early 2017. So it's basically the entirety of the Trump presidency. So why the hell didn't he release it? 
And, you know, you'll all recall he, he did. He, he, in September of 2018, he signed this order that he was just going to release everything. And he tweeted it out. And then he walked it back like two days later because some IC people got to him and told him, you know, don't do that or you can't. And then he came up with some stupid excuse that it would upset allies or whatever. And he walked yeah, it back. That was, that was, it was Rod Rosenstein. And that was, the, that was an excuse they used all along, right? Oh, it's going to upset, it's going to upset allies. So, he, you know, Trump got totally, right. right. So Trump got totally bamboozled by these people. And it's very, very bad because we could have had all that information back then. Uh, and earlier, if you'd done something about it earlier. Now, imagine that's four years ago. Um, yeah. All these statute of limitations issues we just talked about wouldn't have been a problem if we had. A, see, this is people always say, oh, you can't release it because then you give up on the criminal track. You know, that, that's rubbish. You release yeah. it. You do you crowdsource it. I mean, whether Durham looks at it or whether we all look at it, what's the difference in terms of criminal track? Nothing at all. Right. All that all that might be a difference is that Sussman might know that we know. Okay, right. but that doesn't make him less guilty or anyone else less guilty. So, um, no, it's, it's a huge shame that that wasn't released. And to now release it after all the statute of limitations have, have lapsed, you know, what good is that? Plus, you, um, it's, it's, it's highly embarrassing for Durham. Uh, plus, yeah. Durham gets a lot of pressure now from DOJ, from Biden, from, you know, all these people uh, to, to Lisa Monaco and whatever to shut it down. Um, right. he's, he now has to be super careful with what he does. Um, he was already super careful. He never raided anyone, yeah. never did anything. Now, now he's never going to do any of that. So, you know, no, I think it's, it's just bad in every single way because yeah, we got the stuff, but we could have had the stuff anyway. So I, I think, I don't really think that's a, that's a good second prize. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel to a certain extent, I, I feel the more information that comes out, especially since look, we, we've known the essential contours of this since uh, 20, since 2017, or maybe a little bit later, maybe the Nunes memo. But in a sense, I feel like the more information that comes out without convictions, it, uh, it's beginning to feel like rubbing salt in the wound. Fool? I agree. Um, well, I mean, going back to Rosenstein, I guarantee he didn't see any of this crap. He saw probably whatever foreign intelligence stuff, and he said, like, oh, this is we can't release this, but I guarantee he didn't dig hard and with McCabe and, and Ray to see, I, I mean, I guarantee they weren't even looking at Gainers and Hellman's text messages. Like the, the Hellman right. text messages to Batty, like they're just laughing off. Like how could this be a communication trammel, uh, channel when Trump's like name is an actual in the domain. Right. Like, and it's just absolutely preposterous that the seventh floor was all giddy about this and like, Oh, but we can't share actually any of the information on how this, how this case came about with with Chicago field office, yeah. um, which is an actual absolute disaster, and it shows up when the EC again. When I was talking about, it, they got they they lied. I mean, they basically I don't know who told it. It had to come from somewhere. They didn't just say like, oh, like oh, this is where right. the audit came from. That the DOJ ha- took this information from an anonymous reporter and and gave it to the FBI. Like I said right. before, like was was the Department of Justice Sussman's um, CHS code name because that's the only yeah. way it would ever make sense. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way yeah, it would ever right. make sense. <laughs> Such a disaster. And I guarantee right. Rod Rosenstein wasn't digging hard at all into this. He thought right. that, oh, the reputation of the FBI, uh, were, oh, they're all good guys. No. I mean, he, Rod did basically nothing. He right. just sat there and, 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 and let uh, Guajar basically run Mueller. He didn't do anything with Mueller. He just thought that the DOJ was untouchable because he was sitting in, in the U.S. attorney's office for 12 years um, 
smelling his own farts, basically. <laughs> right. I, that, and that was that was the job, just to protect the OJ. Just get in and protect it. Right. I, I, I think you might be right. I think you might not have seen a single thing, including foreign intelligence, if there was any foreign intelligence. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know whether, whether that is likely or not. But yeah, the job is to defend the DOJ and the job is to defend their, you know, uh, the FBI. Well, one of the, uh, that's right. One of the um, little tidbits that came out of the trial in terms of all these exhibits is um, an FBI document that puts a strict embargo on their reasoning for uh, Jeff Sessions to recuse. So hmm. they, the FBI supplied some kind of reason. And obviously it's a fake reason because by the time he recused on March 2nd, 2017, both sides of the investigation had collapsed because you had uh, Danchenko disavowing the dossier, so dossier is gone, mm -hmm. and Alpha wow. well, Alpha was dismissed within a few hours as a joke, as as we found out. But if officially, it was closed in January. So anyway, both investigations are done. It's it's over. Right. So whatever they told uh, uh, Sessions to recuse was was a big fat lie. And then they put an embargo on the lie. And that's like in the documents, like no one's allowed to talk about our reasons why, you know, whatever we told him. And so I completely agree with, with you guys that uh, no one asked questions. Rosenstein was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, sessions right. refuse. Okay, fine. You know, so uh, that, that's a big part of the problem. And uh, yeah, I think it's a combination of kind of trusting, oh, it's the FBI, we should trust them, as well as covering for them. And, you know, it's always it's difficult to draw a line, but I don't really think it matters. Why, why should we even draw a line? I, mean, I think one is as bad as the other. None of these people were doing their jobs or worse. Right. Um, Sessions thing. When did, when did, do we know the exact date that McCabe investigation on Sessions? I laugh because it's so pre preposterous. So why not laugh? Do we know the date on that? I'm not sure about that. I I don't know if there's an e, if we've seen an EC about that yet, but yeah, it probably came pretty quickly after the supposed lie. Right. I would right. I would imagine that that's part of the rationale they used to get Sessions to recuse himself. I mean, I don't know how they would have phrased that, but I would imagine that was part of it. Well, look, we're well, going into Danchenko. Hans, you're 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 optimistic. Um, Look, I, I don't think that I, I don't think that a Virginia jury is going to be as bad as a D.C. jury. But over the last 20 years, as, I mean, as we know, the composition of the state of Virginia, once solidly red, is 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 no longer. Um, uh, we've seen what's happened in Loudoun County in the school district, sort of the the unofficial capital of critical race theory. So I, I, I think it's going to be better than a D.C. jury. But I don't know how optimistic I am with the jury and the way you guys have been talking about the way Durham handled this case. So is, is, is there reason for optimism or are we going to be watching this on the edge of our seats? Yeah, even if he brings the same kind of talent to the courtroom, um, which I understand, I, I, I don't know the, uh, the, the, the people there. But from what I, what I understand is none of the people who represented Durham's team during Sussman's trial actually practice in that court, which is a really, really bad thing. Um, wow. So what I'm going to say is, even if he does that again, assuming that's true, in the, in the court in Virginia, uh, he's still going to win. It, because it's not only the, all the things we just discussed, there's also the fact that on the Danchenko narrative, 
everyone agrees, Durham and the establishment and the sort of Lindsey Graham types and uh, mm -hmm. DOJ, and you know, everyone agrees this is the bad Russian guy who, who, who lied and caused all these problems. Everyone right. can sort of, you know, blame him. I mean, you know, in yeah, a way you right. almost feel sorry for him, but I don't, you know, he, he needs to come clean right. if, if he wants people to feel sorry for him and he still hasn't done that. But, um, no, I, I just don't see him, him wiggling out of this. Did, what, what is he, he's, he's been tape recorded with a lie. It's a lie. We know it's a lie for you know, various right. reasons. He lied about meeting some guy and talking to some guy he, that he'd never met in his life, Sergey Million. It's on tape. Right. He's in Northern Virginia. He's a Russian national. <laughs> it's just yeah. every, every single box that, that you tick there is a bad box for him. So right. yeah, no, I, I, I'm very, very optimistic on that one. But you know, when I say optimistic, it would be not good if the guy's convicted, as I think he will be, unless he makes a deal. But then everyone comes away thinking, and, and by the way, Bill Barr was right. pushing this point on Fox News again, just if, like two nights ago, again, like, oh, you might have been a Russian spy. We were all duped by a Russian spy. So, you know, Dear that's Lord. the narrative. And if the, if the result of the Danchenko trial is that that's sort of the accepted narrative that, oh, everyone got duped by this, this evil Russian, right. well, then that's very, very bad because we know that the yes. biggest evildoers in this whole mess was, was the FBI. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. So then what does victory look like with Danchenko? Well, if it's, if it's not just putting him away with four charges or five charges of lying to the FBI, if it's not just that, what does he have to talk about? Yeah. What, what does victory look like here? Well, I feel like that the Danchenko has to flip upwards or there's no victory. I feel like he has to yeah. steal Simpson all in the box because, I mean, what we saw from, from the Sussman case is we got so much information surrounding what was happening. There needs to be emails and, and for his discovery or whatever, I know they're talking about classified stuff, but we need to see, well, I mean, I, I mean, these two cases basically intersect, but we need to see more Glenn Simpson, more Steele, and they need to flip upwards because they, this is a conspiracy. There's no doubt that, that right. some of these guys probably were telling, hey, Danchenko, just say this. We know Simpson was basically saying, like, hey, can you look to Steele, like, hey, look into this alpha crap or whatever. And then Steele said, hey, look, hey, Danchenko, look at that. And then we don't know where the information came from because we know it didn't come from any legitimate source. It was all made up. But that's where I think the, the win has to come from if, if there's a conspiracy again. Right. But, what uh, if he just – what if he just – what if he just shuts up and his lawyer like says, a, uh, that's what yeah, his I'm lawyer says, of, actually, I'm afraid, right. That's what I'm sort of afraid of. If Dan Chango just says, I'll eat these charges and we never see like the information that we got from the suspect. Right. Same here. If his lawyer says, Hey, I uh, eat it. You're going to be, um, you're going away for, for, I don't know, maybe a year, but don't worry, Joe Biden. It's, you we're gonna have a you're gonna have a you know you got the the midterms next month but don't worry within the year you're you're fine you'll be out yeah. keep your nose clean keep your head down we'll look in on you and you'll you'll be out in a year. The problem with Igor is does he want to go back to Russia? Because I would think they would have to deport him or something with that. So there's a little bit of a little bit of a, something that he can say. Hey, why don't why don't I flip up? But um, going with Hans is uh, I mean he's definitely going to get charged with something. Those the Dolan lies. I mean, he he was definitely on tape, um, right. lying. Dolan can can basically be a witness saying he definitely lied about this about where this information came from because Dolan obviously told it to him. But I'm just making a plea out here about the Sergey stuff. Sergey, if you're listening, I think you were. 
You need to get, you need to get in that jury box. Yeah. You're the key witness. You're one of the key witnesses, and uh, this is for you, man. This is for you to get your get your reputation yeah. back because they made you flee the country. They said you're a Russian spy, SVR agent. I think yeah. I think this is your. Um, this is God. Your, that'd uh, be that'd be beautiful. If you, the, if you can, if you can talk to Durham and get in that jury box and just uh, shit on Danchenko from a very high altitude, that would that would be worth it for me. If even God, if that'd be beautiful. Whatever, but um, I knew you're. I think you're listening in here, but that's that's my call to Sergey at least. Oh. That that's a that's actually a beautiful idea, Hans. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, as much as I would, uh, you know, love for Sergey to come forward and, and tell his story, especially in that kind of forum, uh, technically, Durham doesn't need it. I mean, he can prove that uh, they didn't meet, they didn't talk. I mean, you got the record. It's all there. Um, in terms of what your your question as to what... I was just, would, playing, I was just playing devil's advocate. I know. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I don't... No, it's a nice, it's a nice image. It's a triumphant... I like it. That's, that's very no, nice. No, exactly, because I'm, yeah. I'm going to come to Iggy's trial, and I want to see Sergey just bury him. Huh. Yeah, so. the, I, I, I would hate to put pressure on the guy, because he's been put through hell by these people. Oh. And no one oh, has no, paid for it. And no one has paid for that. And that's, that's right. you know, and that, that starts with the media. I mean, the FBI, terrible. Clinton people, terrible. Fusion people, right. terrible. But the media, the worst. Right. And, you know, some of these people haven't even uh, retracted their stories. You know, imagine you're just he wasn't even on the Trump team like Papadopoulos where he was just a right. supporter. That's it. His only right. crime was that he had once sold Trump condominiums in Florida in like 2007 or 2008. That 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 was his crime. So there was a photo of him and Trump. Look, if I'm a realtor and I sell Trump apartments, I get a photo with Trump. Of course, I'm going to put it on my web page. So he just did absolutely normal stuff. I mean, he came to this country because, you know, uh, just kind of getting out of uh, communism and all that. And then he's greeted with that, right? I mean, he had a good run and yeah. then he's greeted with that. So imagine you're in that situation. You're not on the Trump team. You got nothing to do with that other than being, you know, a supporter and having sold his apartments once and you're framed because of that photo. Right. And then um, you, suddenly you see your name in the newspaper every day, just telling these right. lies and you don't even know what's going on because you don't even know there is a dossier, but there's, you're constantly in the newspaper as some source for some really bad stuff and like an insider and blah, blah, blah. And you just don't know what's going on. You got these people following you around and it, I mean, they just put him through hell and you know, they made him lose everything and no one's paid any, any price for that. So if, if there's you're any, absolutely right. If there's any kind of comeuppance, I, I really would love something to, you know, Danchenko very much so because he, Danchenko put Sergey in a lot of trouble with his lies, um, yeah. but of course Steele and everyone else as well. Uh, you know, right. if one day that would be nice if something uh, you know good happened there. Uh, and it doesn't. I don't think it necessitates him coming and testifying. It would be great if he did. If he didn't, you know, I don't think it will change the outcome of the case. In terms of what will happen with Danchenko, I completely agree with Fool. the The best outcome is if Danchenko comes clean, he just says, mm -hmm. "Okay, here's everything I know." Here's what Steele right. told me to say. Uh, here's what really happened. Here's what Dolan told me to say. You know, just 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 come clean, and right. um, that would probably be best for him as well. Is he going to do it or not? I mean, uh, Durham doesn't have a good track record of of kind of pressuring people or or persuading people to do that. Because look at what happened with Klein Smith. He could have turned right. the screw to Klein Smith, and he didn't. He undercharged him. He left out the biggest charge, the biggest lie that uh, that 
Kleinsmith told, which is that um, Danchenko was based in Russia, which is a total lie. And he right. told that to the FISA court. He was never charged with that. So, you know, Durham, again, maybe it's that old uh, mentality of like, well, well, we'll just try and play nice and hope things work out. Well, what worked out is that he got a slap on the wrist and now he's back practicing right. law. So if that's sort of what uh, Danchenko's looking at, well, he's not going to cooperate. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I imagine he tried to get Sussman to cooperate too. And Sussman read the situation as, as, as we are saying, hey, it's a DC jury. Try your best. I'm going to have friends in that room. In fact, I'm going to invite everyone in that room. I know will have been to a dinner party at my house. So how's that? Go ahead. Try me. Do your, do your worst. Um, well, so where are we left? Are we left still feeling optimistic? Are we left feeling pessimistic going into, yeah, going into, because Danchenko is the next, um, the next landmark event. As we said, we hope there might be uh, indictments like Rodney Jaffe, but where are we right now? Can you guys, and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll bring it to a, to a close in a sec, but I just want to, just want to be able to take our, um, temperature as it as it were get a sense of what you know what we're feeling so um gentlemen if you would can i go first please yeah um i'm very op- optimistic because um like we were talking about sergey like we haven't seen any details about his case or anything like that but um i imagine the fbi was an absolute shit show just say, like they were in this case so um I've said this on a couple other podcasts. Like I remember when, like when the Rodney Jaffe stuff came out, my mind was blown. I'm like, holy crap, there's this other entire thing. So I feel like right. that, that's, that's going to be a reckoning for the FBI at some point that there's this entire thing we don't know about where all these comms are basically knowing right. that this is garbage. And it probably went on and on like into Mueller, et cetera. Like I know like the, the scope of, of Durham goes into Mueller. I think at some point the FBI is going to get some reckoning. We don't know what it's going to do, but like from the exhibits, the FBI was absolutely corrupt. And that's part yeah. of the reason why, why Durham lost the case. So, I, I mean, I'm optimistic that, that I think somebody in the FBI, like will probably catch a reckoning. Like we don't know how many, how many comms they have, who knows about that, but I'm still optimistic. I, I mean, Full disclosure: I didn't think from the very beginning. I think didn't think Sussman was going to get get convicted. Yeah. So I mean, it's par for the course for me. And especially when I saw how the case went down, where they got kind of screwed with the text message, that I was like, okay, now it's over. But right, um, I'm optimistic. I think um, I think as long as I, I would not want to see Igor take a plea. I want him to go mm-hmm. to trial, or, or I mean, unless he's unless he's flipping, you know, right. Um, I would like to see him go to trial. That might be a bad thing if he actually went to trial because that means he might not be flipping on anybody. But um, I'm optimistic, like especially from what we learned from this entire trial of how much of those comms were going on. And, Dur- and Durham's obviously being very thorough and getting everything, right. all these comms. Well, I guess except for like the... Aside from the text from Baker. Yeah, Baker's yeah. text messages and stuff like that. But that could be a fluke just because Baker might have been forthcoming and... Right. Um, I don't know. I'm optimistic, but I guess I always am. I guess they call me the fool. <laughs> You're the best fool. You're great. No, that the 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 optimism is important, right? I mean, because uh, you get. It's not just about getting down about this. It's like it's fairly easy to despair. You know, I think we look at this stuff and we realize 
right? Because that's the whole thing about all the information coming out. Oh, we're getting more information. Isn't this great? It's like, no, it's actually making a lot of people despondent, knowing how corrupt, uh, knowing how corrupt, corrupt the FBI is, knowing, you know, knowing about their, uh, about their relationship with the Clinton campaign. It's, it's actually disgusting. It makes people feel very sad and, 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 and unnerved. So no, the, the, the optimism is great. The thing that I, the thing that I like about the Danchenko trial going into it is, I mean, this kind of goes into the stuff that all of us have been looking at very closely for several years, because this takes us right into the FISA stuff. And this is where we got information from, you know, both the Nunes investigation as well as as well as the uh, Horowitz's IG report. So, Hans, how do you feel going into the going into Danchenko or not just Danchenko, but whatever else might be coming up? Uh, not as optimistic as fool. Um, OK. Looking at these documents that were released, uh, even though they were plentiful, there was uh, it sort of ends in early 2017. Um, and there's nothing about Mueller, there's nothing about the sort of all these efforts that were undertaken against Trump sort of mm. beyond 2017. Um, so I don't, I just don't see that Durham is looking at, is seriously looking at the FBI. And of mm. course, just recall again that the statute of limitations in, in, for federal law is five years. So almost everything that was done has lapsed now. And one of the few that's left is the uh, is major fraud against the United States. That's seven years. Mm. But that's much, much, much more difficult to prove. So right. you know, if you were going to charge some FBI guy with lying or whatever, by the way, they told a lot of lies, for instance, to yeah. their supervisors at the DOJ, which we also found out through this trial. But all these lies are time barred now because it's more than five years. So now I'm not I'm optimistic about Danchenko uh, in terms of him getting convicted. I'm not optimistic that we'll find out you know, all, all that we want to find out. But um, Joffe, as I said, you know, I, he's got to be charged. I mean, I absolutely you know, fall my tree if he's not charged, uh, given what we know about him. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I don't, uh, there's pressure on Durham. And, you know, I, I just see a lot of, I, I don't, I don't look at, at it as optimistically as, as Fool does. Yeah. But there's a bigger problem, I think, that, um, I'm just can't stop thinking about, which is that he, as kind of pessimistic as I was about the DC jury pool, mm-hmm. I think what's been shown over the past two weeks is it's much worse than that. Mm-hmm. Whatever you thought about it, yeah. it's much, much worse than that. And that's yeah. a real problem. And again, coming back to Barr, what he, what he told Fox News the other night, he, he basically said, you can't win in the, in the DC jury pool. He said that. If right. your name's not Clinton, you can't win. Words to that effect. That he, he right. literally said that. And this is the, this is the attorney general, you know, the, the, the one that just uh, stepped down last year or two years ago, whenever. Right. So if you've got people like him saying it, um, you know, what hope is there? And of course, this is a problem, as I said at the outset, because anything to do with the federal government has to be charged in that jurisdiction. Right. Or almost anything, because it all happens there. So right. what, you, you don't have a republic anymore if only if one side yeah. wins all these cases and the other side gets, gets jailed in, in all these cases. It, it just doesn't work that way. So to me, if you're going to ask, or if, if sort of we're going to look at the 30,000 foot view here, what's, yeah. what's the biggest, biggest thing out of all this is you've got to fix that court system, the whole uh, jurisdictional issue, federal jurisdictional issue. You have to fix that. You can't fix the jury. Right. I mean, you, can't, you can't replace everyone in D.C. or whatever. So, you know, you, you might randomly sign cases around the country. You know, you can do different things, but you have to do something because otherwise you're going to lose your country. Because 
every single look at McCabe, you know, he did horrible things and he got away with it because he right. was from the right party. Look at Flynn, look at other people who didn't do horrible things. Right. And they got, you know, look at what just happened with, uh, with uh, poor uh, Peter Navarro, you know, right. so that, that to me really is the biggest, biggest takeaway. And I say that as someone who was extremely yeah. pessimistic about the DC jury coming in. And yeah. now it's just much, much worse than that. Well, I, 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 well, I mean, like, cool. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, that, I mean, that was my entire takeaway is that, that mm-hmm. if you're a Democrat, you can commit as, as many crimes as you want in D.C. Right. And as long as there's a as long as you're a big wig D, basically, you can do whatever you want. But I mean, like right. I was somebody was DM me earlier, kind of, you know, uh, a little bit uh, completely just awestruck by and, and pissed off about the, the hypocrisy. And I'm like. I'm sort of zen about it because there's a, like Comey wrote in his book, there's a higher loyalty. They'll get their comeuppance in another life. I guess, I guess most mm. people don't think about that, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, they're like, do you think, do you think the Democrats will ever get like uh, their comeuppance? I'm like, no, they won't. They control all their, they control all the wheels of power. It's not going to happen, but you have to think that maybe there's a bigger, bigger plan here. So, I mean, that's where like eventually huh. I thought this is just a, complete karmic karmic journey we're on right now because i like i mean I, i'm just la- i'm it's it's so bad like that i'm numb to it that it's sort of like a karmic journey where i'm like they're never gonna get they're they're never gonna get theirs but except right. except when when i mean whatever you believe in the pearly gates or something like that they'll they'll get it which i mean like i believe in reincarnation which is another thing but they're gonna not get a good deal at least so that's what right. i think so like i mean i feel like it's just sort of like a it's sort of like a joke, but like I see it as sort of a karmic thing. If you do good, then yeah. um, the evil, absolute power corrupts absolutely, I guess, and that's where hmm. they're at right now. But well, I, I, I um, let me see how I can uh, uh, explain what I'm thinking when I look at this. Yeah, Hans and I have talked about this quite a bit, um, and I find it extremely depressing, and it's bad for the country. But also, I feel, also, I feel in some ways. Look, I mean, I, 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 I want to be optimistic about uh, about the Danchenko uh, trial, and I will be. I'm optimistic that Rodney Jaffe will get charged and maybe others as well. Um, but I think the larger picture, fool, what you said is beautiful. And I, I think the larger picture, though, is not just about the hereafter. I also think it's about look, th- I, I, things are changing, right? Things are moving around in this country very quickly. And as as bad as things are getting, things will get worse. And then I I, I do believe that a new um, I don't know how to put it, a sort of new order, a new dispensation will come of this. And these will be data points. And Americans are watching. People are looking at all the different things that have happened. Right? Whether it was the COVID lockdowns, whether it's the January six trials. I mean, these are. You know, these are all intended to divide the country and and put uh, and put half of it on one side and turn them into enemies, because this is finally what Russiagate was. Right. Describing the president of the United States as disloyal, as a Russian spy that goes right into January 6th. Right. Where, oh, no, they're all insurrectionists. They're seditionists. And if you like Donald Trump, if you voted for Donald Trump, you too are disloyal. I think people are watching. I think people are following really closely. Maybe not every bit of Russiagate as closely as, as, as we all are here, but I think people are watching as something is deeply corrupt and rotten. And um, 
what makes me optimistic is that as bad as things are, things are going to change and we're, we're relying on ourselves. We're relying on our Americans, our, uh, our neighbors, our friends and family, our fellow citizens. So that makes me very optimistic. Um, I want to be optimistic about Danchenko and we'll see. Uh, gentlemen, parting words, anything, anything else you want to add before we, uh, before we leave this afternoon? I'll just say that, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I'm speaking for Hans, but like Hans and I are only here because of, of this crap. I wouldn't yeah. be speaking to you, Lee, right now unless, unless these people started taking this, this journey against our country, taking, taking it mm. way too far. So that's all I want to say that I, I feel like we're optimistic because they're like, I mean, look at all the people, just yeah. anonymous people, just, you know, being patriotic and trying to dig into what's actually happening. So I feel like that's on. Our that's side. beautiful. I totally agree. You're right. This is a terrible thing that has brought so many people together. We wouldn't know each other. We wouldn't realize like how much we and our neighbors uh, and our fellow citizens, how much love they have for this country. And how outraged they are that this country has been degraded. I completely agree. You know, really well, well put, fool. Um, you know, I met so many. I've met so many good people, great people, just because of this. So if there hadn't been any FBI shenanigans, if there hadn't been all this spying on Trump and so on, I wouldn't have met all these people. So um, you know, that that's fantastic. And um, on your wider point, Lee. Uh, I don't see it yet with Russia Gate because you know it's not mm. coming through. Media is not reporting it. People aren't really taking it in. I mean, yes, we are, and us here in this group, and our you know viewers and so on. But um, I, I, I think you, I do agree with you. That's where it's going directionally because the things that you cannot hide or every, everything comes out eventually, right? And right. what's coming out right now is all these problems that Biden has caused, and. He can't hide them. You can, you know, the media won't help him. Nothing will help him. So maybe at some point, um, and, and it shows, you know, people understand. And, and maybe in, in some way, sometimes I think it was good that he was elected because it had to get so, so bad before people woke up. And, you know, maybe something similar uh, yeah. is going to happen with Russiagate as well. Certainly Sussman, as disappointing as it was, what happened there, um, it, it well, one thing I've noticed, especially amongst us here, is how it really reinforced this idea of how bad it is. As I said earlier, the, the, this DC jury pool issue, of course it was an issue. I've known about that issue for a long time, but it's really reinforced how really, really bad it is. And that something needs to be done about it. So, um, you know, I do agree with you that um, eventually, you know, things will right themselves, but uh, I'm not optimistic about the sort of short to medium run. I think it's not just things writing themselves. I think it's, it's, it's people like you, Hans, and people like Fool who are help setting, setting them, uh, helping set them aright. So thank you guys so much for, uh, for coming on today. And bless both of you guys, man, because you, you actually do both, both make me very optimistic in different ways. And you're absolutely right. I think it's unlikely any of us would, would know each other. Uh, if it weren't for all of this stuff that brought us together. And thanks to all of you who are listening. Uh, the same holds for you. We wouldn't all get to have these conversations and have these discussions and learn different things if it weren't for this terrible thing that was done to our country by our fellow Americans. Um, but we're fighting. Keep up, uh, keep fighting the good fight and uh, 
Keep your chins down and your head up. And I hope you will join me again next Saturday afternoon at four. And in the meantime, have a wonderful, blessed weekend. And Hans and Fool, thanks so much again, gentlemen. I'll talk to you soon.